Welcome to another episode of the 495 Podcast, brought to you by Greater Long Island Media Group. Uh, today, uh, we're with, uh, well, actually, let's introduce ourselves first, right? Yes. Very uh, professional introduction. Michael right, White, guys. co-host, um, and uh, here with... Nick Esposito, also a co-host. Also a co-host. Um, yeah, so here in the 495, we like to uh, visit with you know local entrepreneurs, business owners, bartenders, dignitaries, basically anyone from the island, of the island, uh, and hear their stories, what makes them tick, and how they're contributing to our uh, greater uh, Long Island community, right? What makes Long Island great? Yeah. It's exactly. the people. Think greater. Importantly than us being here, we got our guest, Rob Catrone. Well, let's uh, not go that far. More important. No, no the guests important. are always more important, important than we are. Guys. Thank yeah. you. You're our guest. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Rob, thanks for coming. Um, Rob is uh, an owner over at the Bean of Patchogue. And uh, you guys opened when? Uh, so we opened uh, jo- our doors July 18th, uh, 2018, this year. Wow, July 18th. Uh, I got to tell you, the place is magical. Thank you, man. I appreciate I don't say that. I don't throw that word around. Be- uh, before we had our studio. Beautiful. The energy there is great. Thank I you mean, so much. Before awesome. we had our studio here, we were living in, in coffee shops. And then yours is probably, you know, one of the premier ones, I would say. Yeah, it's Thank certainly you. the prettiest. And we, you still see us in there sometimes working. Of course. Yeah. yeah, I probably worked there three times in the last week uh, and a half, right? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I love it. Love it seeing you guys at the bar. Um, the nicest thing about you know when people compliment the shop is is just the fact that um, I kind of designed the entire thing. Yeah. So it's really cool to kind of see uh, what was in my head, you know, applied to paper and then you know actually constructed and now enjoyed by you know friends and family and uh, people all over you know this great island. Absolutely. You sketch it out in a cocktail napkin and now it's a <laughs> that's real it. Thing, yeah, right? a diner napkin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a diner awesome. napkin. So just a little sketch and and now we're here. So oh, the place is great. And uh, if you could. Explain to us how it works. There's three beans on Long Island. Correct. And how does the ownership structure work? How are these all related? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Babylon Bean was actually in existence. It was the first bean. Um, it was actually started um, back in the late '80s, and my partner uh, Sal Gervasi purchased uh, the Babylon Bean in 2010. Um, the same year I actually graduated high school from West Islip. So he started up the bean, and you know the bean was rolling for four, five, six years. Um, he opened up Bayshore. Uh, I came into the fold. We opened up East End Coffee, and uh, and we just opened up uh, the Bean of Patchogue. Awesome. Um, 2018 in July. Some of these people that I've interviewed, uh, a bunch of different like coffee shops that have opened up. Uh, these people are, like truly passionate about coffee. Is that sure. is that something that resonates yeah, with you? Yeah, like coffee coffee geeks, right? Um, yeah, you I be mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't go so far as a coffee geek. I, you know, I have had employees of mine, and um, you know, there are a lot of people in this coffee culture. Um, that I definitely would say are coffee geeks. Um, as much as I love the product and, and kind of what it does for you, um, I think it's just a great business. Um, having a coffee, a coffee house, a cafe, uh, whatever you might call it, is just a great place for, um, you know, for anyone to to kind of mingle, get together, uh, friends, family, you know, coworkers, dates. Uh, it's just a great atmosphere, and as much as I love coffee, I love the social aspect of what it what it also brings to the table. Yeah, yeah, awesome. we, we were talking off mic. I mean, you see, you know, hundreds of people coming in and sure. out of your, your shop, and, and it, it ranges right from young people to older people. Uh, you know, people of different statuses, jobs, whatever. Of so course. you see a whole different yeah. people, and you're a personable guy, so you're out there, you're hanging out, and you're talking to these people. So like, what, what are some relationships that you've formed since you know? Open yeah, oh, have sure. You become friends with some of these locals. I think uh, regulars. I, I think honestly. Now I, I'd like to consider myself a, a real local and regular. Um, you know, I uprooted my life in, from West Islip and uh, la- now live uh, in Patchogue. And you know, really proud to say that. Honestly, love this town. Love, you know, love its community. Love its business owners, and, and of course, you know, our customers. 
Um, but I definitely can say that I've made um, hopefully some lifelong friendships in this town. Um, you know, this is a town that's comprised of a lot of hardworking, you know, blue collar, but, you know, as well as white collar uh, people. And um, what collars do we wear, Nick? <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere in there. We, we don't wear collars. That's collar. exactly right. That's exactly right. And I, you know, to be honest, touching wearing on that. I'm wearing sweatpants right now. I'm sitting Indian style. I think uh, as entrepreneurs, we don't wear collars. And that's kind of the cool thing. You know, yeah. we really can't identify. We just really have to do what has to get done. And, um, you know, like I said about, about our customers and um, some of the characters, you know, that you get to see. Uh, on a day-to-day basis just makes the job, you know, very enjoyable. Talking about awesome. entrepreneurship, I mean, obviously you started your own business, uh, you were you started your own DJ company and then you obviously got in with the, with the Bean, but what does it mean to be an entrepreneur to you? That's a good question. Um, to be honest with you, it's really the only way I've kind of uh, ever made a living. Uh, when I was 14, 15, 16, uh, a good friend of mine and I, we started a, a small um small business called SNR Services, and we pretty much did anything a home could want or require. Um, you know, raking leaves, power washing, mowing lawns, you know, weeding, cleaning gutters, the whole nine. Awesome. You, know, you, you make know, money and you buy absolutely. more equipment. Exactly and right. Exactly. And that, that was exactly, uh, I guess, something I fell in love with and became addicted to. And, um, you know, it's funny. We're the kind of people that, you know, wouldn't mind working 80 hours for ourselves. Um, but would have a problem doing that for somebody else working 40 hours. What do they say? Uh, a small business, uh, someone who's in business for themselves work 80 so they don't have to work 40. <laughs> That's exactly uh, right. And, and I mean, that is true. Uh, it's funny. Like, there's always, um, you know, all of us have raked leaves or shoveled snow for money. But you always have that one guy that, you know, takes that money and buys bigger shovels yeah. and, and buys, and a, the, you know, and gets sure. a, a trailer for his truck and makes a business out of sure. it, you know, and you, you were that kid. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I definitely, uh, I was the kind of kid that had a lemonade stand, uh, sold baseball cards, yeah. um, you know, anything to kind of keep me going and, and keep my head up. And I think that's definitely something that, um, you know, I would like to see a lot more with this new wave and, and kind of the youth of America is, you know, the idea that you don't want your parents' jobs. You know, you want to create your own. And I think that's something that, um, you know, if I could be kind of on the frontier or, or a pioneer in that space of, you know, tapping into the minds of the youth. I know I've spoken to, you know, a lot of local high schools and, you know, college or universities. It's it's huge right now. Yeah. And the opportunities here now with the digital age we have. So, you know, we, we live right now in 2018, soon to be 2019. Um, we are at a time in the digital age that we have never seen before. Um, once, you know, once people who really kind of just understand their passion, uh, you know, there are so many ways to leverage it. There are so many ways to market it using these free social platforms that, you know, not too many people these days are taking advantage of. And, um, you know, the bottom line is like start yesterday because people are already way ahead of you. So yeah. definitely something to think about. Yeah, what I tell my kids is basically, and uh, this is an original thought, but, uh, you know, find something that you do better than anyone of else. Of course. And, and make that your career, make that your passion. Sure. And from there, the money will follow. Build your dreams or get hired to build someone else's. 100%. And, and that's something that I really thought about a lot. For you, it's just, you know, you started all these different businesses and stuff like that. But what's something that you really want to do? Do you want to create an empire with Bean or like, what is your long game? Yeah. Um, it, so that's a great question. And I get asked that all the time, which is great um, to think at 26. You know, of course, I'm just beginning, which is really exciting. Um, of course, you know, surrounding myself with the right people throughout the time is, is again, paramount. Um, but as far as, I guess, what would I call a goal or an end goal or something I'd be really satisfied, you know, putting my uh, my head on the pillow every night 
uh, accomplishing would be uh, getting into some sort of film and documentary. That's actually. awesome. Yeah, film motion that's picture. An, that's in our realm of journalism. Yeah, <laughs> big reason is, guys. I feel though, like when you're an entrepreneur, you're you're kind of a you're you're just a leader in that sense. So you're you're looking to create. You're looking to uh, build. Um, whether it's in design or whether it's in um, you know some sort of uh, team culture and creating a, you know an atmosphere that you know your your employees and your staff feel comfortable working in. Um, you know, it's also really important that we're producing. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'd like to think we're all, you know, producers. So really what's so different about, you know, taking the reins behind a a movie or documentary. Um, and the idea in mind for me is actually called underground talent. Um, Hopefully it would be picked up by Netflix, a Hulu, and HBO, a Showtime. You giving us the exclusive now? Absolutely, absolutely. Copyright it right now, bro, before this podcast gets released. Yeah, this, okay. this well, is at the, least it's on record now. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the concept is it's called Underground Talent. Um, it takes place in New York City. Uh, season one, episode one, would be uh, Midtown Manhattan, and it would showcase uh, three to four lives of what makes up our country's true underground talent. Um, people who drum on a five gallon bucket, um, people who, you know, rap to make money. And then the, the series kind of documenting that person's life, mm. um, and then filming it really creatively, you know, with, with art and music and editing and you got to um, get into their homes, how they live in yeah, you know? or, 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 or homes that they don't have, right, you know, exactly. maybe they're living on the corner of, you know, second and you'd be Lexington. waking up with these people and documenting how they exactly, exactly, every morning and exactly, do exactly yeah, right. Like and, it. and see, uh, you know, what, what raw talent of, uh, our city's made of, not just Broadway. Yeah, and it's and it's sometimes it's like there is so much talent out there, and uh, you know sometimes you know living in New York or New York City, you know it's that hustle and bustle lifestyle. I remember I was reading a story; I can't remember who the uh, musician was, but like some really famed musician uh, that you know sells out like Madison Square Garden. Uh, he might have been a violin violinist or, or something, and he was playing in uh, at a subway in Manhattan. And uh, everyone was just passing him by. Just like, no one's giving him the time, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone's just like walking by this dude, and like maybe one or two guys will hang out there for like a second. But like, you know, this guy, people pay hundreds of dollars a ticket. And then people just like pass him by, just like he's a regular Joe Schmo because they don't realize who he is because so everyone's doing, just on the move. So he was doing it just for like social experiments. Yeah, just a social experiment. Right. Social experiments. So yeah. funny. I think that's so interesting. And I think, right. you know, um, whether it's talent on Broadway or, you know, in the subways or on the streets, I mean, you don't really have to look too far also than, than this this uh, this village of Patchogue. There's so much such incredible, uh, you know, musically inclined talent here, um, you know, artistic wise. And then you talk about, you know, who would be involved in something like that with me? And I really don't feel like I have to look that far. There's a lot of people in film. There's a lot of people in production. Um, you know, we have a beautiful four or five story building dedicated to house these minds that make up, you know, the future projects of, you know, the country, the island. Um, so it's really cool to, to kind of be surrounded with that energy. And I feel like, um, you know, it's, it's definitely contagious. What's the five story building? Uh, we have a music and art building in, in the village. Oh, yeah. the art space. Oh, it's the art space. Well. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and yeah, that's, that's exclusive cool. for artists. Mm-hmm. So, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, they kind of keep it that way. And um, you can apply your you as a writer, you could apply, Nick. I nah, looked into this. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I'm, I'm it's really, it's cheap, and they're awesome apartments. Yeah, right pretty cool. Downtown, you should look into it. 
I mean, the, the application packet's like the size of the Bible, but you can get through <laughs> yeah. that. It's also a year-long waiting list. Yeah, I also looked into list. it, too. Oh, really? Yeah, as a DJ, you know, I tried fighting my way that we are all artists, but at the same time, I mean, listen, anyone with an idea can be construed as an artist, so Yeah, I don't think they, like, make you draw a picture. Sure, sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. As far as, like, who you know, who's accepted yeah, and who's not. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. There's a Blue Point Brewery break. <sighs> <laughs> bad, blue point, bad, blue point bad, bad for radio. We do this often because we're new to the podcasting gig. We just like. Disc- I don't know why all eyes are on me. You guys stop talking. Like blue <laughs> awesome though. So if you're gonna blue stop, point. blue point's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, are you excited? Obviously, you know, you moved into Patchogue. Grew up in West Side, but I, I assume you were hanging out in Babylon Village or oh sure, Bay Shore. Right? Yeah, I was born born in Queens. Um, moved where, out where here. In Queens were you born? Corona. Okay. Corona, Queens. Oh, what cool. up? I grew up What's in Rosedale. Up? Rosedale, okay. Yeah, Family cool. from Massachusetts. Meet other Queens people. Queens uh, boys. Uh, oh, here comes our reoccurring guest. Yeah, John he's coming is his in. name, right? Yeah. The all the mammoths locked, locked out. Hello, sir. Sponsored by the United States Postal Service. Yeah, Thank he's you. like our reoccurring. He always comes in and stops in. That's great. We'll have him on the show soon. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. All right, so continue with your story. Yeah. So you you hung out where? Oh, you were born in uh, Corona? Born, born in Corona, Queens. Uh, moved out to West Islip when probably I was about four or five. Uh, mom, dad, you know, older sister, younger brother. Um, moved into West Islip and, you know, played every sport under the sun. Um, very athletic all throughout high school. Uh, always involved in sports. And um, What were your sports? Um, in middle school was uh, was baseball and basketball, and in high school was baseball, basketball, and then what eventually turned into track, which okay. actually turned into no a small little career. No, not for me. No, um, never got into football. Played every sport except for it. Okay, so uh, you were saying about track, you got yeah. So I, I actually played baseball and basketball uh, for the high school, my ninth year in high school, and uh, I was taking a lead off first. You went to high school for nine years. <laughs> In ninth grade of high school, <laughs> my ninth year of high school, <laughs> got him. Uh, yeah. Nothing gets by me. Bro. No, no, no. And I dove back into the bag and, and broke my hand and had to wear a cast for about three to four months and was not Jeez. happy with that. Yeah. So um, I definitely had a, you know, a bug that I got to keep moving and uh, I kept running with the cast on. I was running two, three, four, five, five, six, seven miles um, at a time. And just kind of fell in love with running, and uh, I tried out for the track team in the tenth in my tenth year of high school, um, tenth grade. <laughs> and talks uh, like that. He's from Europe. That's it. My tenth year. <laughs> He's in grade ten. Grade ten. Um, yeah, but you know that's it. That, that was really history ever since. Um, that's awesome. Ran varsity since since tenth grade on, and competed uh, at Division One level in, in college. Uh, Where'd you go? The University of Maine. Sweet. So you're Black out. Bears. Uh, no, oh yeah. Boy. Black no. Bears. What's it, what's there to do when you're hanging out in Maine? Um, I really couldn't tell you. I only went there for a year. Oh, okay. I went there for a year. I tore my patella tendon, and I. Uh, that's I a hard home. injury. Yeah, career-ending injury. Yeah, Victor. That, that, that's what happened to Victor Cruz. Yeah, yeah I mean it's a career-ending injury, left knee, and. Uh, that's it. My running career competitively was over. I mean, I still, you know. Yeah, run. I see you on your Instagram stories. You're yeah, always at you know, five o'clock in the morning. This guy's That's up it. and he's running. That's ah, it. Very nice. That's huge. It's you know, it's really important to me to get it out of the way. Um, so I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I came home. I I went to Suffolk. I went to Queens. I went to Toro, and I finished up at Farmingdale. Um, so college has been a journey all through. Uh, you know, going to school and, uh, you know, trying to build business. Being an entrepreneur, um, how much does, uh, you know, college help that? You know, I know college is usually tries and guides you toward that safety, that business mentality to be an employee. Does, sure. does college ever cater to the entrepreneur? 
I, I can't say it, it doesn't. Um, I, I think everything, um, honestly, more information that you can just gather uh, will absolutely yield a better and smarter uh, business person. Um, you know, I think it's important to be very well-rounded, and I think school's a large part of that. But I think, you, you know, you can't be blind to, you know, quote-unquote being street smart. Um, it's super important that you're just so self-aware and, you know, aware of your surroundings. And, um, you know, I, I joke all the time with my friends, like, even knowing random trivia to me is important yeah. because it's the ability or inability to have a conversation at any given time. You know, quotes from movies. Um, you know, just being a sharp person, I think, is something I would look for in an employee mm-hmm. uh, rather than someone, you know, who's, you know, a, uh, you know, a top-notch student, A-pluses across the board. Um, I never was. Yeah. I was telling to Mike, I read this yeah, book. Yeah, just talked about this. Yeah, and uh, C students hire A students, and B students work for the government. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> sure. So that was like his main theme in, in, sure. in, in yeah, his book. Yeah, I mean, but, I think I think if you if you you if you can take what works and and throw out what doesn't uh, and apply that, I think um, you know if you're into business, I think it can yield a, a very successful business person. But there's no class being sharp. One on one. That's just something, frankly, that we're born with or not. That's exactly know? right. Yeah. yeah, and you know, sometimes it's easy to tell who has it and who doesn't, um, and it's uh, it's tough if you're you know feel like you you have it and you don't. But um, yeah, like you said. So you you could have worked you know a nine to five job doing you know whatever field that you wanted to do, but you know what's the what's the feeling you get of you know working eighty hours instead of forty hours, but working for yourself, but at the same time you know having employees underneath you. Sure. Uh, that's very easy to me. To me, it's just about having a, a reputation and something that you can really hang your hat on. You know, I mean, I have tons of friends that are, are working nine to fives for corporate America, and they're doing extremely well. You know, a lot of my friends, um, they're they're you know they're on their way to where they want to be. Um, I think kind of when you start something and it's your own. Um, it's a different kind of love, you know, it's truly like a baby and, you know, you have to be there when it's born and, you know, help it grow and feed it as it needs it. And, you know, it's a living, breathing thing, a business. So, um, you know, it needs constant attention and, uh, I really wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about my life right now. Um, I think it's, you know, it's kind of what keeps me going. It literally makes me tick, and I wake up every day at 4:30. You know, yeah. feet jumping on the ground, absolutely. So a lot of people have like a mentor in their life that they they, they look to as like their guiding light. I mean, all across the board, a lot of people that I've known and I have mentors and stuff like that. But for you, it, was there a specific mentor that helped you get into the, to business to you know help grow a business? Uh, well, I mean, to me, I feel like you know, as much as we talk about people being sharp or not, I think you really like you said, we either have it or we don't. Um, but I think that means nothing without a strong foundation. And honestly, as far as mentors, I'd have to, you know, tip my hat to my parents. Um, they definitely, my mom and dad, they definitely put me in a position to always succeed. Um, so, you know, huge shout out to my mom and dad. And, um, you know, they definitely are the majority of the way I am. But, um, you know, like I said, with the foundation being set correctly, um, you definitely need some help and, and some guidance. And, I, and I've, I've got that in, in two people that stand out. Um, James Cook, uh, an older buddy and a friend, really good friend of mine. He uh, owns a digital media agency, and he's really kind of taking me through the ropes of, of how to grow a business online, build a brand. And uh, Sal Gervasi, who, like I said, is my partner, and really kind of showed me and introduced me to the coffee world. And uh, to me, combining those two strengths really yield a very, very, very uh, interesting product. Uh, and that's what I like to think of myself um, someone who can kind of take the old school stuff and apply it to the new world. So, so this is kind of an interesting 
point of us and we've been joking about this mm. for a while but you know just owning a coffee shop there's a lot of characters that go in and out but obviously there's a lot of people that enter coffee shops and you know seek out people for get rich quick schemes yeah, do you pyramid see pyramid guys yeah, pyramid. Like do, you, do you ever experience that in, in your realm uh, really that, to be honest with you it's, it's very it's very hard to tell you that I haven't experienced a lot of things because believe me when I tell you with the amount of people that we see every day and um, again I you know I wouldn't change a thing I love every single one of our customers but like you you know like you're alluding to you definitely can get some quote-unquote characters and uh, not not too many multi-level marketing you know scammers but um Predators, I call <laughs> Definitely. One approached my nephew tricksters. the other day, and he was like, This guy at the gym told me that uh, I can make X amount of dollars. And I'm like, Dude, run for the hills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Don't those multi, time. just not to spend too much time on multi level marketers, but like if they just came out flat and said what they wanted to say instead of trying to get you with all the. Yeah, like, you here's know, the deal. The, the try facade. this. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll burn out in two weeks. But if you want to try this, maybe it'll make some money. Yeah. Listen, I, I, was a, I was a victim of a multi level marketing scam. It's called Verve. Yes. And all my Vima. friends. Right. Verve and Vima, that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, and you know, we've all been, we've, a lot yeah. of it's like a yeah. five hundred dollar learning lesson is really what it was. Yeah, yeah. That's it. You know, yeah. it was fun. I mean, I love the product, but then you you know, it turns out there went to you know the pyramids. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, when you're hungry, you know, those are going to be the guys they prey on. No, what's, so it's funny. <laughs> I don't want to cut you off, but the guy I think you had talked to someone recently and said, if you have a boss, you're part of a pyramid scheme. Yeah, I was yeah. Thinking like. No, that's an organization, you know. Well, it's anti-capitalism. It's well, no, it's not everything's a pyramid scheme. It's right. an organization. <laughs> exactly. With a with uh, is the army a, a pyramid scheme? <laughs> exactly. That's, you know, that's like what the guy was trying to say. He's a leader, yeah, right. right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Chain of command in a business that someone thought of. Goal, exactly. You know? And that's the that's the reality. Whether it's a product or a service, it's someone's mission. And the reality is, the employee should be viewed as, as someone who is an asset to the organization, someone who is an intricate member to cr make the team stronger not just a number exactly yeah. so i think if, if they if they each understand that you're needed wanted and respected you know in in, in our culture in our world that you know not only are you going to fight hard for yourself but you're also going to fight hard for the team what, what, what's the coolest part about you rob is like i feel that you're such an enlightened person just uh, you people would think that you're like so wise beyond years because you're only only 26 years old and i believe you won what a 20 under 20 awards right uh, 30, under 30, 30, 30, 30 under 20, 30, I'm sorry. 30 under 20. 30 under 20 award. But, um, you don't want me jumping on him too hard. Yeah, no, this guy always yells. Yeah, he's he's always, he always, I was like, I had my hand up like, <laughs> stop. Yeah, the 30 <laughs> under 30 award. 30 under 30 right. award. But, um, you know, people, uh, do you do you have a lot of people that seek you out for advice? And and are you willing to accept people to like, yeah, you know, right. You know what? It's, 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 it's a great question. I appreciate the praise, man. I really do. Thank you so much. Um, you know what? I think... I wish there were more, to be honest with you. I wish there were more. And I wish, you know, and I preach this with my staff, you know, in every business is that um, my door is always open. Open lines of communication, you know, just yield successful relationships in any, you know, walk of life. But, um, you know, I wish there were, I wish there were actually more uh, entrepreneurs or, you know, younger business minded people that, you know, wouldn't mind kind of, hey, tap me on the shoulder and asking me a couple questions. Because the reality is, is that I'm not that much older than you, if I'm even older than you. And the chances are I've probably made that mistake. And I've paid for it, just like what we talk about our multi-level marketing scam. You know, I have uh, I have a lot of friends that um, are younger than me that you know are always business-minded and they're always coming up with ideas and it's fun because they'll pitch them to me and, and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a good one, definitely. Let's, let's, let's get that going. And like, all right, when are we gonna do this? I go, guys, like that's something you might have to do, you know. But um, 
you know, that, that, that might be something you can call your own. And, and that's what's really cool, you know. Being able to kind of just help someone get to where they want to go is, is really rewarding and exciting. Well, I was listening to, a, I think it was Gary Vee's podcast, and he said there's a lot of people nowadays that are just, like, seeking people uh, to, like, give them confidence because they're, they're just, maybe it wasn't from their parents or something, that they weren't just grown up to, like, try things on their own because they were always scared or what people were going to think of me. Like, so people, I feel like some people may reach out, does this work? They, like, look for you for validation. Sure. I mean, listen, I, I think... I think, you know, I don't think it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's an honor to feel like you can be someone to validate something, but I think at the end of the day, you just got to own whatever it is that you do, good and bad. Um, you know, that starts with just yourself, you know, being self-aware and knowing what you're good at and knowing what you're not good at. And, and like Gary Vee says, to double down on what you are good at. But, you know, again, it's just, it's just your energy. You have to, ha- you have to own it. You know, that might start with the way you dress, um, the way you, you know, the way you speak, the friends you have, um, but the reality is, it's like I said, it, you got to own it. It's it's an energy, it's a confidence, um, and I think it's it's the ability to truly be poised. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think being poised is probably one of the the nicest things um, someone can possess is is the ability to be poised, uh, whether it's under pressure or in the spotlight. I think that's a huge asset. And I think it's true. I mean, the people that you surround yourself with are it's the people that are going to help you succeed in life. Uh, I remember seeing something like, uh, it's like the five closest people you have in your life is their average is how much you usually would make, like, you know, mm-hmm. financially in your income. I thought that was something pretty interesting. Yeah. So they like try and weed out some of the people that maybe you care about uh, that, you know, you've been your boys or whatever growing up, but they're out there playing Fortnite at, you know, 28 years old and just not getting yeah. anything. I mean, Fortnite is making you money and, and, and more importantly, and if it's making you happy, then that's something you got to do. But at the same time, if it's making you happy and it's not making you money, you really have to own the fact that if you don't get what you want, it's because you're playing Fortnite at 28 years old in your mother's basement. So, you know, those are the types of things you'd have to ask yourself. But, you know, I, when you talk about the people you surround yourself with, it's huge because, you know, for me, you know, I continue to... to to kind of pursue a lot of my goals and my dreams just because I surround myself with the kind of people that would truly be disappointed in me if I didn't. Um, I think they would feel like I'm letting myself down and that's my motivation right there. So surrounding yourself with a lot of people are are, uh, the right people um, is paramount. You got a question? I feel like I've been asking a bunch of questions. No, you have have about... Another two inches on your index. Yeah, yeah. So hold on, let me get the index cards. <laughs> let me uh, get my other one out there. Nick prepares very well for these interviews. No, I, no, I, 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 I really. Someone has to. I'm just here to catch people. No, I really enjoy shit. talking about entrepreneurism because I mean that's a field that we kind of work in because uh, we're we're a new media company. Not I me, mean, of course. And then uh, you know when you have a good idea, sometimes people try and copy your idea too because of you know how well you do things. Sure. But um, you know, just just talking in in the realm of like entrepreneurism, it's just like. A lot of people are afraid to do what they want to do. I mean, they might be stuck. Maybe they love the nine to five job, and if you love your nine to five job, you know you're really passionate Lots about of it. Happy people out there, doing sure. yeah, that do that. There's but, absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Once but, you get the, used to this lifestyle, there's like no going back. Yeah, but there's there's, there's a saying. section I feel I don't know if it's a big chunk or a small chunk, whatever. Uh, of people that really hate their jobs and what they do, and they wish that they would have started that company, that DJ yeah. company, or that journalism pro- company, or coffee company, or whatever the, like, that company may be. But it's that idea of security. Sure. A lot of people are afraid to take right. risks. Cause, you know, later you get in your life, you the more bills you have. Sure. That. I mean, the reality is, you know, if we're you know talking about that, the re- the difference is about what we do and what the nine to fivers do is that they are given their food and we have to hunt ours. Yeah. The thing is, though, when we're when we're given the freedom to hunt 
count hours, there's no one telling us how much we can't eat. That is the difference. Yeah. That's so that's an analogy. Yeah. That, I mean, the ceiling is just, yeah, there's plenty of people who went for it and lost a boatload of money as well, you know, and, you know, and my and that, attitude is you live once. So yeah. you could either live your life and regret ever not trying or you could regret trying and failing or either way you got to move all know? day absolutely you all know? day 100% you, I think I think I'd rather try and fail than never have tried at all that's a you failure know? right there right. yeah I mean they say the best running backs in the NFL aren't the fastest ones or whatever it's the ones that keep their legs moving you right. know it's the ones that get hit and keep moving yeah. that's exactly right and um, you know it's just a, it's a it's a great positive mindset to have but um, you know, there's definitely nothing small about where you guys are and where you guys are going. I mean, Greater Patchogue, Greater Babylon, Greater Bayshore, Greater Long Island. Um, now getting into Greater Lindenhurst, if I'm correct. Yeah, we're getting at all the Babylon towns, the and Babylon I, towns. I know that Greater uh, Greater Long Island has seen over a million views. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Uh, no, over two million. Two million. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah we're, 2.4 we're going to yeah, hit this year? we'll probably hit about 2.4 million views. Absolutely, yeah. Nothing nothing to uh, to sneeze at, guys. That's something you guys should You know, it's, it's actually proud. funny. Thank you. I was talking to my aunt, and I was just like, you know, you know our sites are going to do 2.4 million views. And she's like, is that good? <laughs> it's hard, I guess, to quantify if that's good or is not. That, 2.4 million people. I think that's pretty good. Probably larger by... than the state of Rhode Island. All right. right. Suffolk County, how many people it's live in? divided by how many people contribute content to the site. You know, Two? me and you mostly. Yeah. And then we have Benny and Ethan, a couple of freelancers. But divided by X amount of people, and one person is attracted seven hundred thousand views. You yeah, know? no, that's the bottom line. I mean, numbers. when you think Long Island, you think Long Island media. You know, the goal is to uh, not today, but one day, very soon. You know, think of Greater Long Island as the media outlet covering yeah. all the great things in our downtowns. Of course, I just keep going back to things that I've listened to or read. But uh, I mean, it's not that it's about the income, but your your net worth is uh, you know dependent on how many people you can impact. Sure. Our goal is to obviously impact as many people as we do, and and that value doesn't have to be monetary because uh, it's relationships too. It's yeah. I mean, you certainly don't get into journalism for uh, for financial for the reasons. Benzes. Yeah, for the benzo, uh, you know, you get into it because you know because you're passionate about writing, you're passionate about storytelling, storytelling. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we're in, a, you, we're in a unique position where we're doing what we love, and you know, you have potential to to like you said to be you know. One of the top three known media outlets on on the island. Sure, um, and I, I think as you guys continue to grind, you know, I, I can't tell you every time I put my Instagram, Facebook, any sort of social media feed up, you guys are always there, <laughs> and that's exactly what you need to be. Yeah. Brandability. Exactly. Right? Yeah, we don't exactly. stop. Exactly. Yeah, that's know. exactly. Yeah. People what call it narcissistic. We call it uh, work, right? Well, you know, I had a professor at the University of Delaware tell me if you don't. If you well, he you know he was kind of crude. He's like, if you don't get a hard on uh, on seeing your name above one of your stories, then you're in the wrong business. You know, uh, there yeah. has to be a level of ego. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you want to be in everybody's face at every time. And yeah. now, again, talking about social media, which is really a digital business that you are. There's no better. There's no better way to to really leverage your brand and and put you in front of every you know uh, every person on this island in the state. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of like uh, you know the digital world that we live in, I mean, a lot of people are grown up to you know get good grades and then go to college and then you're on this track to be successful some economists and stuff say that's like the industrial way of living because mm -hmm. back in the industrial age uh they needed people that you know were just born to be workers so if you're a good student you go and you work in that company and then that's it you just work in a company for the rest of your life mm -hmm. and uh and, and then you know that's industrial way of living because that's what they were told to do in you know, the assembly line but you know now we're in this new media the information age there's all different types of 
of uh, companies out there and different ways to, to make money and to start businesses. And a lot of these people are leaving that, are leaving companies because they have something they're good at, they have a skill, and they know they could apply it and start their own sole proprietorship and make more money and be their own boss and get the kids off the bus. I have kids, I can't tell you the value of being able to get your kids off the bus in the morning. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, even when I was launching my company, my accountant, who was probably my best advisor through it all, told me, this is the new economy. Everyone's going to take their laptop from their cubicle, go home, and start their own business. He's like, you're ahead of the curve. Way ahead of the curve. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, and it's fun. And I think, to me, the best part about running your own business and uh, you know developing your own business and watching your business evolve is that you have no idea what's going to come next. No. And that... The realm of in infinite possibilities, where sure. I like to live. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I forget. I forget who said it, but uh, it was an entrepreneur. Uh, it might have even been an athlete, but he. I, might, I think it might have. I want to say Kobe, but I'm not sure. But he's just like I wake up every day afraid. I'm afraid that someone's gonna get better than me. I'm afraid that you know I'm not su gonna succeed. So that's actually I think it was Steve Smith. But whatever. Uh, this is the wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. he's awesome. Panthers. Yeah, yeah, Panthers wide receiver. Uh, I believe he said it. But he's like, that's what drove me to be as successful as I was because I was afraid that I was never gonna be successful. Hall of Famer, you think? Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. Steve, Steve Smith. Smith. Yeah. Uh, what was he? Five nine. Yeah, small little guy. Small guy, but tough as nails. Yeah. To bring it full circle here. So first off, where can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you on social media and stuff like that? Uh, I'm very very big on Instagram, uh, at Rob Catron. You can find me on Instagram. Yeah, do people ever mistake you for Rob Patron from uh, Fios 1? Other than oh, Rob Patron. I've actually been on the uh, the show, Restaurant Hunter with Rob. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like two, right? You guys are like a couple letters apart. Did in that guy get addressed? He came dressed. <laughs> No, did that get addressed? That uh, it did get addressed. Yeah, <laughs> the two I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's he funny. Came dressed. Dressed. He's a professional. Yes. Hopefully, he of came course. dressed. Of course. No, Rob Patron was wearing clothes. And, um, yeah, we we did address our our names. We thought that was very funny. Patron yeah. and Catron. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, so people can find you on Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, you know, come check you out at the Bean. And um, and then also on on Main Street, popping around from different bars and restaurants. Right, you're always yeah, there. That's yeah. right. <laughs> This guy's honking at me out of his truck like all the time. Really? All the yeah. time. Every time I see you guys, probably always... about three times in the last week. That's good. Yeah, that yeah, means yeah. we're both out and about. There. That's, that's right. Good. Yeah. News doesn't happen in the newsroom. No, you know, you that's exactly turn, right. Turn, on the boots. Turning over stones. Boots and ground. Yeah. Guys, thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, for Nick, for Mike, Four Nine Five Podcast, Greater Long Island. You can find us on Spotify, on um, on iTunes. Uh, visit the website greaterlongisland.com. That's how you can get to all these all these community news websites. Uh, we're publishing stories every day and night, uh, things that matter to you and your family. Uh, and thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you guys, Rob. Thanks for being here. You got it. Thank you.